We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, that's that's where that's where we have him at, and I mean he's been he's been doing good in practice. I like I like where he's at. You know, we said early in the week it's going to be like a day by day thing, and so far he's stacked good days together. What's left on the test? Good question. I don't think there's you know it's it's nothing that really between a, a mock game like you're saying a walkthrough. Uh, a lot of it's mental right now, and then so Coach Helfrich, Coach Ragone, myself, we'll see where we think he's at as far as the balance of physical and then the mental side of how did he handle the week, you know, execute and getting in and out of the huddle, all that stuff, combined with everything else he's doing. We want to make sure that because of the results of what happened last year in that game, how do we prevent that really from happening again? You know, like is are we and that's the mental side. Like did we was he so focused on rehabbing back? that it took away from the mental part of the game or was it just the game and that's where the where we need to collaborate here in the next 24 or 48 hours and say we feel good because if we feel good about it and we want to do it there's no looking back no he's fine he's fine with reps and all that stuff he's he's more than fine I, I just think it's probably per maybe coincidental but I'm not worried about him whether or not he you know fast starts us I think it's in general it's been more of just our offense has been slow starts than just him that's down the line in the first. Here's Springer. Hard hit on a hop. Urshela. Let's go to Texas. Two-hour, 59-minute, well-played, well-pitched, thrilling game in the Bronx, and the Yankees win it 4-1. to one. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the name before. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic, no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny, because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. Oh, the duck duck here and the quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Lido. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course 
in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Mesmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR, 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday Suckage, Yo Eleven Oh Four. Saturday morning, Rosenblum and Spiegel with you. Shabbat Sports Talk up until the Shixers come in at two. We uh, we have much to talk about. We do much to talk about. Sports. We heard we heard Matt Nagy coming in. We heard Matt Nagy coming in talking about the. Well, I you know do we call him mentally fragile? Do we call there's something wrong with this quarterback for the Bears? And it's not the physical part, it's not the harness, it's all the mental part. And everyone's talking about her, talking around it. I have a football question for you, Matthew Spiegel. Mm-hmm. Let's get started right now. Boom. If the Packers tell you in embarrassing fashion, we wanted Mitch to play quarterback which means we wanted him in the pocket. Yeah. We wanted him to stand there and act like an NFL quarterback. The Packers' motivation would be because he isn't. If you're the Bears coach, why would you make him stand there? Why wouldn't you roll him out? Why wouldn't you bootleg? Why wouldn't you put him on the run? Cut the field in half, make him – he's more Uh accurate on the run. So why, if you're Matt Nagy, would you continue to do exactly what the Packers want you to do? I'll give you the answer. Okay. Because you still believe that Mitch can learn to do those in-the-pocket quarterback things. And guess what? If he doesn't, then you're really screwed. Because because <laughs> the guy who can do those things, Chase Daniel, does not have good enough tools to carry you far. And Mitch on the run, Mitch outside the pocket, that version of Mitch, you don't believe is going to be productive enough as an offense to carry you very far. You need... Mitch to take those steps. And while you hoped it was going to happen in the offseason and the preseason, it hasn't. But do you give up on your project of Mitch maturation? That is, uh, do, do you want you want Matt Nagy to give up on that project? Because that's, that's the goal, and it's the goal for this year. And if you don't ask him to do that stuff, then it ain't going to happen. The goal for this year is not Mitch's growth, is it? I mean, we've... It, in Aren't they theory, parallel goals? No. No. The goal for this year is much like there's a greater urgency than when you had the Cubs window of windows. This is the Bears window of window yeah. with this defense. Right. The goal can't be the education of the quarterback who only works on reps uh, and looks scared of his own shadow, well, looks scared of it. He can't 
They didn't he can't prog- he can't work his progressions. They he didn't can't. want him. They didn't want it to be parallel goals. But here you are. You, you have to deal with what you actually have. You have to choose one though. You can't have parallel goals. You have to choose. Listen, I want to listen to it. We heard it coming in to the to the show. It was Matt Nagy talking about the mental approach or the mental things he's dealing with 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 Mitch Trubisky. And some people thought that this guy was just afraid to play quarterback. He said it on a Wednesday, repeated mm. on a Thursday, and, and then by whatever the whatever the the question got asked again. What exactly are you talking about with this guy? who seems to be skittish in more ways than you'd want. Mm. And here's Matt Nagy's response and explanation. We want to make sure that because of the results of what happened last year in that game, how do we prevent that really from happening again? You know, like, is, are we, and that's the mental side. Like, did we, was he so focused on rehabbing back that it took away from the mental part of the game? Or was it just the game? And that's where, the, where we need to collaborate here in the next 24 or 48 hours and say, we feel good. Because if we feel good about it and we want to do it, there's no looking back. That's Matt so, Nagy. So he's talking about the game last year, the first game when Mitch came against back? Against the Rams. Three, three interceptions against the Rams, trying to get it all back. At once, doing all, not having an idea of reading a defense. Oh and boy. he's like, and the Rams were, right? The Rams are, a, if, if you're reading Mitch, coming off playing against a horrible Washington team, there are a few uh-huh. teams dumber than Washington. Now he's playing a Saints team that is basically, it's the Bears right now. Their quarterback is Teddy Caretaker, and they just don't want him. His job is to not lose the game. And you have this defense that is playing hellaciously. They're very Bears-like, except the Bears' experience with Mitch Trubisky coming back from injury, as he is likely to do tomorrow, was going back to last year, is they can't trust him because they don't know how to... What, it's either not the blinders or they don't teach him to breathe, but Teddy Bridgewater is far superior in that. Boy, that's a freaky quote. I was here the other day with Parkins, and we listened to other stuff where he was talking about how, like, where Nagy was saying how Mitch, um, where is he mentally? He's got to think about where is he mentally. That's what sparked the re-questioning, I think. Okay. I heard you guys talking about yeah, it, right? But, then, but the, this, is, this is more compelling because this is talking about a specific moment last year or added into the pile of compelling, I suppose, um, because he's talking about Mitch came back last year and was bad, and he doesn't know if that's because he was uncomfortable or if that's because he was just bad. Right. And or and or, you know, or and mentally they'll have to collaborate on that. Yeah. And the the problem is. Mm. The fear is because he's a rep based quarterback, he has said it. Nagy's backed it up that he learns by reps when you're hurt. There aren't a whole lot of physical reps to be had. They Mm. can't be had. Yeah. And now how many reps has he had with a shoulder harness? This rep based learner. How many reps has he had with his shoulder harness? And he likes telling the story about how Anthony Miller threw his harness down after a drop and said, that's it. Tough guy. I, yeah, I'm done with this. So there, is all, there are all kinds of reasons to fear what Mitch Trubisky will do in a game where you're playing at home against a team that is missing Drew Brees, missing Alvin Kamara, Missing Jared Cook. You got to win this game. That's one from each of the talent that Michael Thomas is still there. Oh, he's great. Okay, but you got you got you got to win this game. It is absolutely. It's, it's, now it's a must win, not just for to keep pace and for the record, and but, and it's an NFC game. But it's an opportunity to play a home game against the Saints without Drew Brees. Hello, and Alvin Kamara, and just 
for your own psyche. You just got manhandled. You've been sitting for two weeks getting physically destroyed Uh by the Raiders. You lost both lines. (laughs) Boy, they've had two weeks. They'll have had two weeks uh, of this bye week to think about peeing down their leg against the Raiders. After they started the year having 10 days to think about peeing down their leg against the Packers. Well, then we've noticed a trend, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> long long break yeah. coming up. Small Let's play sam- bad. Some small sample size, but that's a good bit of data. You know, it's interesting. If you know that your quarterback is a rep-based learner, mm-hmm. you know what would be good? Some practice games. Like some games... <laughs> Some games that they play, I don't know, maybe before the regular season games start. Have those some games, yeah, some practice games. Maybe the stakes aren't quite as high, and I know there's the danger of getting hurt, but I do need my guy to learn. If only there were some reps available yes. in other games. For a rep-based learner. For a rep for a guy that you're telling us is a rep-based learner. You might have uh-huh. wanted to use those reps in the preseason. So does this Seriously, that 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 decision Of course. And I understand why they did it. Now everybody's got everybody's going to end up doing it around the league, which is why the league will have to change the way that they do preseason and and the whole the whole thing, but it looks really really bad in terms of your quarterback coming out with more to learn and then you telling us he needs reps to learn. You know who played in the preseason? Tom Brady. Tom Brady played, and, and Bill Belichick was the coach who okayed yeah. Tom Brady playing. Well, he's a rep-based their, learner. He's, should we count their jewelry? Yeah, after 20 years, uh-huh. right? He's 42, and he's playing in preseason games that um, <clears throat> Matt Nagy says Mitch Trubisky shouldn't be playing in. All right? Yeah. That's fine. You, you did it to stay healthy. It worked last year. It's not working this year. So now you're balancing – now you're balancing – You've had one of each, let's say, because you're, you're dealing with injuries. Yeah. You're going to go into next year, and God forbid they don't draft a quarterback because they need one. This guy does not look like the answer, or this coach doesn't look like the answer for this quarterback. I know, yeah. But but the the match seems you're doing more psychology than X's and O's, and I don't know that that's healthy. The, the, That's not a good place to be in year three of a, of a quarterback's Mitch, right. life. I was getting to, this. Still feels like Mitch one Yeah. Oh, very much so. It still feels like I mean, this isn't Dow Log. It still feels like it. you know he didn't play too much in North Carolina, um, and you know he didn't play too much in year one. No, it, nobody wants to hear that or can hear that now. But this look, I know it is frustrating to you and to others to have to deal with the fact that your quarterback still needs developing here in the middle of what absolutely is a window of windows with a defense this good. I know it's frustrating, but it is the reality. It is the reality. And and big picture, I need to know by the end of this season, and if I'm the Bears, if I'm Ryan Pace, if if I'm I need to know by the end of this year whether Mitch is my guy or not. I got to know. And maybe not trusting him to develop and limiting him in this, his third season, second season of the offense, would be knowing. Maybe that would qualify as knowing. I'm not sure. But I think trying to put him in the situation and seeing for sure if he can't or can learn this stuff and develop and get better might be how you end up knowing. So, because, I mean, overall, for the lifespan of the franchise, for the next five years, 
knowing, having clarity about Mitch at the end of this season is huge because next March they have to decide whether to pick up the fifth year of his contract or not. And if you decide you're going to do that, that's the moment when you sign him to the long-term extension using that option year as leverage. That's how it's done, you know? You, you, you talk to your guy and, and say, look, we could just, you know, take up the year and you'll keep getting paid like a rookie. Or if you'd like, we could work something out and use that as leverage. So you got to know by next March whether this is your guy or not. I don't. If I'm Ryan Pace, the most important thing to me is winning the Super Bowl. I have this year. You see how fragile that is when you look at Akeem Hicks's injury. You need to patch that together. Stop teams from running. Your defense is the best part of your team. You don't get to dictate. In baseball, you can dictate three years down the road, we're going to win the World Series. Mm. You have a far greater chance of doing that. In football, you get no choice. You are at the the caprice and whimsy of a physical game. It's a good car, the right? caprice. I've never driven capri- a whimsy. A, never driven a whimsy? Never it's, driven a whimsy. It's got wings. It's purple. <laughs> it, has, it has Mitch's future. Is has nothing to do with what I want from this year. I got you, because the, the because right now. I don't care. I'll worry about that next year. I I will worry about that in the off season. And if the off season comes too early, maybe I have my answer. Maybe I've learned. I can't draft another one year wonder. I can't draft a guy who seems who is really good on the run, and then I'm not going to have him on the run. Mm. And Grody makes the point regularly. He'll be here at one o'clock. Grody makes the point regularly. Last year's Bears' success was largely based, not largely, was in part based because Mitch Trubisky would extend a drive, by a running. key drive, absolutely by running, yep. and they made more use of him. I don't know why. I'm getting back to the same question. If you are an offensive genius the way Matt Nagy is perceived to be. Why don't you do what the other teams don't want you to do? They've told you it out loud. Yes. Hello. If pitching... If hitting is timing and pitching is upsetting timing. Thank you, Warren Spahn. Yes. Then coaching is all about upsetting what the defense wants you to do, right? Mm -hmm. Unpredictability or making it more difficult. What does Chuck Pagano not want to see? He doesn't want to see Russell Wilson running about around back there. Okay. What is another team not? They know where to find Mitch Trubisky. Scared in the pocket. (laughs) Let him run around. We will talk to Jay Hilgenberg at noon about whether this offensive line is good enough to have a run game, which would help Mitch Trubisky, mm. but also good enough to get him, are they athletic enough in his view to protect if he's in the pocket so then it is all Mitch's fault for being bad, or can they not do that and would they be better served athletically to, in fact, roll him out, bootleg? What does is, what is the offensive line do well? What do they not do well? And how do they make the most of it? I guarantee you there's nobody in Hallis Hall except for maybe Ryan Pace and whatever his – he's already tied to Mitch Trubisky. But you can't can't make this a Trubisky – about Trubisky's development. You have to make this about winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, but the whole organization is geared towards Mitch's development. That's what you do when you have a franchise quarterback. And we you don't know that, that you do. You well, have a franchise defense is what you have. I know, but but look, we talked about it as a as a comp for what Philly has done for Carson Wentz. And I know there's grumbling there, as a matter of fact. But when you have a quarterback, you make every decision in the building about making your quarterback good and making your quarterback comfortable. Do you make every decision about making your quarterback effective? You know what? With a guy like Mitch Trubisky, 
Mitch Trubisky, if he's rut-based, he's probably, like most people in this sport at that position, success-based. They have a better, greater self-esteem yeah. based on success. But, you, but you're, you're in wanting a position them, to succeed. You're wanting them to give up the long-term dream, which yes. is what they've been building up everything to be about. Well, Turning I need them Mitch to be right. into greatness. I, I need to turn Mitch into a, a guy who's quarterbacking in the Super Bowl. That's what I need them to do. Well, Their defense is Super Bowl quality. That is a humility you are asking them to have, which I believe you started to see against Denver, right? You started to see an acknowledgement from Matt Nagy that I'm going to have to limit what I, I let Mitch do. So maybe you do that and you add back in some of the runs you're talking about. If we see that, then it, it would be a sign of them trying to win right now with a team that they think can win and admitting that they should pump the brakes on the Mitch development. That's not a point of weakness. That's a point of, sm- of, of, of wisdom. Because the the urgency is to win the Super Bowl, right? Mm, Ask mm. George McCaskey. George McCaskey loves his Bears history, doesn't he? He does. He just loves it. Let's look at all the pictures. Let's count to 100. He would would like to hang out in the South lot with you and roast a hot dog and talk about it. I think he would like to roast me, as most people up there would. But I think the object of the exercise is to add to that one lonely, meaningless, really, it's not a meaningless trophy. How dare you, sir? But it's lonely. It needs a friend. It Does needs it, a playmate. Doesn't it have a 1963 trophy next to it or a plaque of no, some kind? Not from the Super Bowl. Super no, Bowl I was know. not invented until years later. I know. There's only one of those. But this text, um, guys, this is Saturday suckage. Why are you not leading with the Northwestern Wildcats? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they got three. What do yeah, you want? What you and people got in and out of Evanston <laughs> safely. No traffic problems on the way out. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's go over. We've had that discussion. <laughs> we'll have more. Uh, 11.40, David Schuster will be here. The Bear, the Bulls have, a, have named their starting guard, and I think it's really, you know, they. I, I, I don't believe this Bulls management group will ever get it, but they're getting it more than ever with the, the way they named a starting guard. Now they they've acquired two in in trade, and they picked one. Yeah, and it's really good. But it looks like it was actually a smart move. They're trying to cover up for for basketball Bevington and Jim Boylan. I have an embarrassing level of Bulls positivity. I, I have been looking. I've been seeking counseling on it. Oh my. <laughs> I have an embarrassing level, and it was only enhanced by twenty nine points in what twenty three minutes for you know, Kobe White the I other just night. Don't I? We'll ask I David love that kid. about that. Love He's the him. host of the Bulls pregame, postgame, during game, all that kind of stuff. At noon, as I said, Jay Hilgenberg of the the center on the offensive line that earned that one lonely Super Bowl trophy at Hallis Hall. At uh, 1 o'clock, Grody will be here. We'll talk bears with him and his, his post-London thing. We'll uh, take it up to 2 o'clock. Gary Lewis and the Playboys will be here. They'll be performing She's Just My Style. Oh, I look the forward to that. 1965 hit. Along the way, I will bring you my favorite moment, the best moment of last night's baseball. We have much. I'm looking forward to that. We have much baseball to talk about. And um, and we have we have to have a discussion about the the choices. Right now, you still have choices for your World Series teams in the American League. And I would like to talk with you, oh, passionate baseball savant, about what you'd like to see because it involves it involves greatest players of their era kind of talk and and I don't think there's much of a discussion but I found it interesting what we could see so hmm. we'll discuss that
and um, and crap. You know, I don't know anything else. Do we need to? Do we need to bring up? Uh, boy, there's just uh, that's that's a lot. Uh, the, that's a the, lot right oh, there. Oh, by the way, the 2019 Colorado Cannabis Cup dates have been set. Okay. So intake dates are November 4th through 10th. For those of you attending the Colorado Cannabis Cup. Let me ask you a question. If I don't. I think the Blackhawks are closer to winning the Cannabis Cup uh-huh. with that kind of defense and the kind of team that Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colleton have overseen. You're better off trying to win the Cannabis Cup thinking this is any good. This is one of the worst things I've ever seen. They're slow and they're bad. It's awful. We need cannabis more than ever. Intake days, as they call them in high times, are November 4th through 10th. This hour on the score is brought to you by Suits 2020. All right. Crap. The Saturday suckage to continue. Do we do we reestablish ourselves the Saturday suckage Hi, just now? Matt. No. Steve. No. <laughs> Chicago's Sports Radio 670 the score. Saturday Suckage, Yo 11.30, Steve and Matt, we're not giving our last names. It was suggested they would just Steve Suckage, Matt Suckage, Saturday morning. And uh, in a half hour, we will talk with Jay Hilgenberg, talk about this Bears offensive line. Jay is part of the BBM 780 AM, 105.9 FM. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. It's 7 o'clock tonight. The Chicago Wolves host the Rockford Ice Hogs for an Illinois Lottery Cup showdown at Allstate Arena. Get your tickets at chicagowolves.com. We are winners. We are the Wolves. And this segment is brought to you by your Chicagoland Papa John's. Papa John's is giving you a free pizza this weekend. Buy one pizza at regular price. Get a second pizza of equal or less value for free. Use promo code FREEPIZZADAY on the Papa John's app or online at papajohns.com. That's promo code FREEPIZZADAY. By your, you're reading about food without having food in your mouth. I know, while it's trying weird. to read about it. It's I just weird. don't think that works. I understand. Our phone number is 312-644-6767. That's the number Paul and Markham dial. Paul, welcome to the score. Hey, how you all doing? Um, hey, y'all. Got- how y'all doing? Right. I got two points, and I'm going to hang up and um, listen. Um, we'll see. Let's start with one before we give you a second one, okay? You have to earn right, your way right, to the um, bonus round. Nobody gets two bozo yeah. buckets immediately. you got to go through one. You're, it's a one-and-one, one, like college hoops, <laughs> for the first right, seven the first, fouls. <laughs> the first one I'm going to bring up is Tariq Cohen being um, underused. Um, I feel like we have one of the most dangerous um, weapons in the NFL. I feel like he should be used like Darren Sproles was used with the Saints and with the Eagles. And um, my second point Well, hold on, hold on. Let's discuss the first one. Steve, I'm good with that. I think that's an excellent point. I don't like how Tariq Cohen is being used and not much, and they should. Go back and watch Sproles' footage from when he was a Charger. I'm fine with that. Yep. Okay. And, okay. Uh, so you're, sure. you're ready can for we, can we get that Saints coach here? <clears throat> yeah. On sure. The, on the correct sideline. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, that'd be nice. All right. Go ahead. You get point two. Congratulations. <laughs> and point two is, um, I don't think any of our quarterbacks are going to stay healthy with Leno Jr. protecting their blind side because he can't keep anybody in front of him. He got pancake back cornerbacks. We've just been watching tape on YouTube. We went back and watching Jason. I mean, I'm sorry, Leno getting blown up. Every time he can't keep anybody in front of him, and I just feel feel like none of our quarterbacks is going to have enough time to get any um, decent throws off with him protecting that backside. That's it, guys. 
Okay. Thank you, Paul. We appreciate Thanks, that. Thanks, Paul. Well, he does keep guys in front of him. He holds them, and he's got the holding penalties to show for it. Mm. We'll discuss that with Jay Hogan. That was on my list of, is are the referees, are they really going overboard with a guy like Leno to emphasize this rule as they are wont to do and taking advantage of doing it against a guy who is who has no cachet? Or is he just... It's Charles Leno Jr. been holding all this time, and now they're calling. Now it. they're calling it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I okay. um I had a deeply unpleasant experience last Sunday afternoon in the midst of a very pleasant experience. And it's an enigma wrapped inside a ribble, ribble, riddle. Yeah. Um, I thought Jets Cowboys was a really good game. It's a fun game to watch. I had no dog in the fight. I was someplace where I did not have access to uh, red zone, so I was forced to actually just hang out um, with um, with my brother-in-law and watch the Jets and the Cowboys. And we watched, and it was a really good game, compelling game. And down in the final three minutes or so, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys were driving down eight with a chance for a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And each team had three timeouts, but they didn't want to use them and because they were just kind of letting this drive speak for the end of the game or not. So anyway, it was compelling. It should or have been not. great. It should have been great. Right. And then the refs called a penalty on six consecutive plays. Well, it sounds like the Monday night game. And I'm telling you, this was the debacle of the weekend and then Monday night took over. Yes. But before that happened, six straight games, and I bring it up because you're talking about is it always a penalty and are they just calling it now? These guys, every single one of them, of the six, was borderline. Every single one of them could have been a penalty. Maybe it shouldn't be a penalty. Given the situation, maybe you should just let them play. But technically, it's a penalty. So they called a couple like that, and then they called another one. And the first three were against the Jets. And then the next ones were all against the Cowboys. Now, amazing how that evens it's, out, as uh, if they were NHL officials. It, they could not take themselves out of it. Once they had inserted themselves and realized that they were, this is what it felt like, oh, that they were affecting the game. Kind of they were affecting the game. All right, we need to even it up. And then they, well, that is a penalty. And, you know, we got to be fair. We got to do the thing if we're going to call it. Because the, the, the hold calls on the Cowboys were borderline. Then, was a, then there was a pick call on a wide receiver, which was not technically a pick. You know, it's like, they could not get out of their own freaking way. What I think happened in that situation, possibly because I've seen it, is teams know they can break more rules later in the game when the officials don't want to decide it. And I think there's, as a point of emphasis for certain rules, officials have decided a penalty in the fourth quarter is just like the first quarter. Right. And now we're calling it. Even if we didn't call it in the first quarter, we see this going on. We know you guys cheat more in the fourth quarter because it's more desperate and more urgent mm-hmm. and we're going to call it. And then I think they get into the mind game you're talking about of, Oh my God, we better even this up. Everybody's looking at us. Right, 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 right. Yeah. We've, we've gotten, we've gotten in the way. And it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. And it, it's humans. And I don't know how it gets better. Other than adding the Sky Judge, that that other not the XFL, but that other league that folded in like a week and a half, that league had a Sky Judge put somebody up there, let him watch the entire thing and be involved. Yeah, the Steve Spurrier League, where uh, we're champions. Cause we, Congrats, because yeah. yeah. we kept a team together for right. three weeks, for six weeks. We won. I guess that's it. This is the standings say. All right, uh, we don't know what the standings will say regarding the Bulls, but we're going to take 
Matt Spiegel here to the David Schuster Therapy Office and see if he is un, un inex, why he's inexplicably positive uh-huh. about the Bulls. We'll why see if Schuster can happy, see if he can talk me down. Yeah, right. Cares. All right, I'm talking to David Schuster. He's the host of Bulls pregame, postgame, during game, and Saturday suckage. So appropriate. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. time great rock songs to present one of the all-time suckage he's sort of a suckage hall of famer joining us now on the alpamonte ford hotline alpamonte ford 500 new and used vehicles to choose from and he's david schuster saturday suckage hall of famer how are you david i'm doing great rosie um and i think you'd probably be happy because ever since we talked last time the Bulls have increased their outage of shooting three-pointers. I would imagine you're pretty happy about that. Well, they're actually kind of playing modern basketball, aren't they? Well, they're still not hitting them at a great rate either. No, although taking Kobe them is a first step towards getting <laughs> okay. healthy. Yeah, I think um, I think Schuster is a suckage Hall of Famer. I think Thank he, you. I think his value below replacement <laughs> suckage. That's really good. His VBRS <laughs> is like I mean anybody else would suck at a normal rate, but he sucks so That's much right. more. That's a Parks and Rec law firm. <laughs> yeah. and, and proud to be that, just that. Proud yeah. to be it. Um, I have a, a a troubling amount of bold positivity, uh, <laughs> okay. David. You're seeking okay. therapy. Yeah, um, I, I really. I like what Jim Boylan said a lot about the in-between game stuff that we talked about last week when Joe Cowley wrote kind of the snarky, uh, unsurprisingly snarky article about Zach Levine not enjoying the stuff. But, you know, Jim Boylan belied a tremendous understanding of modern basketball. He talked about, we just don't want a bad uncontested two with like 14 seconds on the clock is basically what he said. And we don't. We don't want you, you know, if, if it gets down to five seconds and you got to do something, okay. But we just want, we want to coach to the math, he said, and then allow the player to be the player. I thought that was really good context. I'm starting to think he might not be a complete boob. That'll go on his business card, not a complete boob. Right? Um, you know, it's actually interesting because I was thinking about this sort of along the same lines the other day as I was watching the game because I remember his very first game and I was down in Indianapolis when they uh, lost to the Pacers and they were playing basically 1950s basketball. Not only that day, but really for the next few weeks, it was slow down basketball. And then I'm sitting at courtside the other day uh-huh. and every time the Bulls either got a turnover, specifically a turnover, and Chris Dunn gets a lot of credit for that, or they got a defensive rebound, here's Jim Boylan who's not even close to where he should be as a coach. He's basically at half court, and he's screaming. He's urging his players, run, run, run. And that's such a metamorphosis from what he was initially as, you know, the Bulls coach when he took over for Fred Hoiberg. So, yes, I do have to give him a little credit. He has become modernized, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, but maybe that whole thing last year, Rosie, with that, you know, where he's trying to show toughness and trying to prove that he's not Fred Hoiberg. Because, right. you know what I mean? Because like, you always do the opposite of the coach who was just fired right, or manager right. who was just fired. Right, yeah. exactly. So he, he went way over the top in trying to prove toughness and demand things from guys. And now he's kind of settled back in. And, and, and I think a lot more threes, 
running like crazy, coaching to the math. Sadoransky as the starting point guard with Dunn as the two makes all the sense in the world to me. It really does. And, and again, I got to give some credit to Chris Dunn. He still you know, can't shoot straight. And, and uh, the other night, I think he was 0 for 4 from the field. But he's a defensive, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He just causes problems uh, to the other team. He's got incredibly quick hands. He steals the ball a lot, obviously. And uh, he, he's out there leading that second unit. And right now the Bulls, and you're right, uh, Matt, I mean, we're, we're coming up with too many positives almost. This is a team that only won 22 games last season, but they are obviously much better. And one of the many reasons they are is because they're much deeper. They do have a good starting five with Levine Sadoransky in the backcourt, good length with both those guys. Wendell Carter Jr., he didn't play all that well initially the other night, but then he started showing what he could do. He, you know, obviously he didn't play that much during the preseason. Markinen, you know what he can do, and Otto Porter, I think, is a really good player. But then the second unit comes on, and it's really a change of pace because it's more of a defensive unit with Kobe White, with Ryan Archie Diacono, um, again, Chris Dunn, Thaddeus Young, and Luke Cornett. They do have a different kind of change of pace second unit that will cause a lot of problems um, you know, by getting turnovers, specifically with Chris Dunn. And it's really interesting because we talk so much also about you know, who's going to be the starting point guard. Well, they have basically four point guards, if you want to call Kobe White one, and I'm not so sure you can. And they're playing all four of them, and three of them at one time on the court. So it is interesting. Jim Boylan is doing some coaching here. We'll see how, what happens here in the regular season. We're talking Bulls with David Schuster. He's the host of the On the Score. You'll hear the Bulls. You'll hear David Schuster pregame post-game, during the game, while Chuck and Bill do their Chuck and Bill things. <laughs> the, the the point guard thing, with Kobe White on the second unit, and as you said, defensive-oriented, short of sending him to the G League to learn to shoot in big league games, that's like the best spot for him to develop because there aren't a whole lot of offensive options on the second unit. That's a great spot for him, isn't it? It is a great spot for him. And, you know, listen, he's only 19 years old. And I was watching him very closely, you know, not only last, you know, the other night, but, you know, all through training camp. He is a thoroughbred. He runs like a deer on the court, and he wants to run. And, and he's better. He's much faster than most of the players, even dribbling the ball, than they are without the ball. He, he's still a project. That's what I still call Kobe White in spite of him, you know, shooting 10 of 14 from the field overall and 6 of 8 from three-point range the other night. He's not going to do that on an every-night basis. He's going to grow into what he ultimately will be as an NBA player. I don't think he's a point guard. I think he's an off-the-ball guard, and in this uh, offense that Jim Boylan runs, which is a multiple uh, ball handling offense, it fits perfectly for Kobe White because he can handle the ball, but it's not really the onus for him to have the ball in his hands all the time. So yeah, I think he's learning on the fly. I think he's going to have a lot of growing pains along the way, but he obviously has talent. Here's here's what I, I like about the whole thing, and it's adding to my troubling level of positivity, <laughs> is, is that Kobe White is a gunner. He is a scorer, and he always was. He's the number one scorer in the history of North Carolina high school basketball. And then he goes to UNC and plays for a year, and he's a gunner there. And now here he is. He's still young as hell. Maybe he could learn to be a point guard down the road, but I don't want him learning about that right now and worrying about that. Go gun, kid, because he might be a, a true gunning scorer as a, as a guard in this league right now. What are his capabilities to be a true scorer in this league right now, David, he's big enough at 6'5", 
and he can shoot from deep enough. He had six threes the other night. Yeah, he's got a funky outside shot. I mean, it's almost like a push shot, but you know what? It doesn't make a difference. It goes it's, in. It's it goes in. That's correct, 100%. He, yes, he, you know, I don't know if you can compare him to somebody like uh, a Jamal Crawford or somebody like that, but yes, I think he has a scorer's mentality. You know, Bill Winnington and I sometimes look at each other and think, well, that might not have been a really good shot, and I think that's part of your growing pains is, you know, not hoisting too many up, specifically if you're not hitting them from the outside, but... There's no question about it. He's got a scores mentality. And Zach Levine, after the game the other day, said he's going to be great. And I think Levine knows what he's talking about. So let him grow into what he's ultimately going to be. And the key point that you just said, Maddie, he's only 19 years old. So yeah. he's got a lot of – his ceiling is still, still, you know, in front of him. There was always a feeling when the Bulls acquired Sadoransky, when, or, when, when he, they brought in Sadoransky, that he was going to be the starter. And it was sort of one last – chance for Chris Dunn to prove otherwise and he was going to be the guy that almost seemed like a calming influence far more they they had far greater confidence in what they had in him than what they thought they were getting in Chris Dunn and haven't received he provides a much more professional approach to that position, does he not, David? Yeah, he does. He, he, you know, he's he's got that starters mentality, and I think he fits in like a glove with the rest of the guys in the starting unit, uh, unit rather. Chris Dunn. Again, his attributes are more so on the de- defensive end of the court. He still turns the ball over too much, and again, he, his shooting is obviously never going to be part of his forte. So yes, yeah, Sadoransky just fits in better with the starting unit, and Chris Dunn conversely fits in better with the second unit because, again, it's a change of pace and he's he's a disruptor. That's what he really is when he's on the court. He hounds you defensively. Um, and I, I just think for right now, that's what his role is on this team. In the long, long, long run, is he going to be a Chicago Bull? I tend to doubt it. But for at least part of this season, if not maybe the whole season, I think there's a role for him to play on the Bulls, and I think he's going to play it well. All right. So, look, they have an outside shot at the playoffs. I, mm-hmm. I think here's the thing, and I, I find my, my positivity. Um, troubling uh, level of positivity. My troubling level of positivity. <laughs> but here's the thing. It also oh – God, it, you don't want to aim for mediocrity. Okay, because this That's is a problem. It's all they. It's all they can dream of right now. Right. Um, but, but also, as a team is starting to figure some things out and some guys are developing, if they're going to be better than they were last year and potentially make the playoffs, that could be an enjoyable experience to watch. And I don't want to deprive myself, and I don't want Bulls or basketball fans to deprive themselves of the simple joy of watching a team be better than it was and figure some things out. Does that make sense? Of course it does. Um, But then, you know, and I think it was Bernstein who termed the phrase uh, basketball hell, being a mediocrity team, you know, finishing eighth or ninth every year, or certainly eighth. Um, And that's really where they're headed probably this season, is to finish at the bottom of the playoff scenario or right outside of it. Which is is a big step up. It's a big step up, but that is is potential hell. 20 wins better. That is potential hell, but... Are you then attractive enough to land that free agent? They're not cool. Well, well, but can you get cool? Are you attractive enough? Do do you become that nest because you're better and because people don't think your coach is a boob and because Kobe White is fun and Zach Levine is an all-star maybe and and all that? Are you then more attractive for a destination? 
And, and you know what, Betty? I think, you know, even though he might not come out and say it, and I've tried to get John Paxson to say this a lot of times on the record, if not off the record, I think that's what they're thinking is. If they have the young nucleus, even though there's no super superstar here, where there's no, you know, Anthony Davis or 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 LeBron or anything like that, but you know, Levine could be and probably will be an all-star this season as long as he stays healthy. Lowry Markinen is like probably right outside of being an all-star. You do have some of the other young players that you mentioned starting with Kobe White. They will have money. I know they've never been like the Canadian Mounties and landed their man in the past that they really wanted to, but that's not to say that maybe next time around that they're not able to do it, whoever that player is. So yes, that is their thinking, that if they improve enough and they have a young nucleus and they're an exciting team and it's still Chicago and there's still plenty of money, that maybe, just maybe, they get that superstar free agent. Yeah, well, I'm not buying it. Did you see a movie? <laughs> I mean, they're not. They're 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 a dull team. They're 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 anybody they would draft now had, was was born after Michael Jordan, after Michael Jordan stopped being Michael Jordan. And it's like there's nothing attached to this franchise except Tim Floyd type stuff. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. But if if you build yourself the nest, maybe it's not even about attracting the free agent. Maybe you do what the Toronto Raptors did, which is you. Trade for Kawhi Leonard with one year on his deal, and you gamble that you'll be able to sign him. And either you can or you can't, but you might win in that one year right. when you go get a guy. That's, that's how, about they, the, how about they've that? always been relegated to trading well, because they're not an attractive. The best thing they can say in this generation is we finished second or third in the LeBron stakes two or three times. Whatever it was. <laughs> that's that's it. They're they're not attractive to free agents. Whatever they would do, any anyone of this generation is looking at LeBron, not Michael Jordan anymore. Yeah. What did LeBron do? Well, he stiffed the Bulls. For sure. Everybody stiffed Everybody the Bulls. Everybody stiffed the Bulls. Oh, Dwayne, well, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne has to stiff the Bulls, too. Dwayne Wade has told two generations of basketball stars not to stiff go to Chicago. Bull. Right. Go there <laughs> when you're done, when you can't play, yeah. when you're recalcitrant, when uh-huh. you have no interest in listening to anybody. Hey, Dwayne Wade has said, when I was a kid, they treated Jordan like crap. Then I grew up, and they treated me like crap. That's right. Yeah. So, this is... That's, that's a rare. All right. Yeah, but, but anyway, a, did you see a movie, David? I did not see a movie this week. I was thinking about going to see the Rambo Last Blood movie, but I mm. think it was so horrible it's out of the theaters already. So oh. you know, maybe <laughs> <laughs> first blood, last blood, by blood. All right. <laughs> Thanks, David. We appreciate it. See you guys, David Schuster, on your Bulls broadcast, pregame, postgame, all that other stuff. We will talk with a Super Bowl bear. He centered the offensive line there for five years, led the league in time of possession and and everything that you needed to do to make a quarterback great and offense good enough and make a Super Bowl caliber defense, Super Bowl caliber. It's kind of repeating itself now. Jay Hilgenberg will give us his thoughts on that. Let's talk about the monkey driving the limo, shall we? <laughs> There we go. That's what they called Jimmy Mack. <laughs> That's what they said. All right. Spiegel, Rosenblum, Saturday, second. Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 